If you listen to this podcast and follow what we do at Troutbitten, then you're a thoughtful angler, and you don't accept the status quo simply because that's how it's always been done. Squall of Fishing designs and creates fly fishing apparel with this same philosophy. Squalla was started by a group of lifelong fly anglers who spent their careers working for some of the biggest names in the outdoor industry, and they understood that essential fly fishing apparel like waders, jackets, sun gear, and insulation could simply be better. So now, Squalla makes gear for us, the like-minded few, serious anglers who don't take themselves too seriously. Check them out at squallafishing.com. Water is essential for life, but for Orvis, it's the blood of the brand. Orvis has been the leader in fly fishing since 1856. No other brand can match the explorative and innovative spirit they bring to the water today. Everything at Orvis is about inspiring and empowering adventure and wonder in nature. Rooted in the vitality of fly fishing, fueled by passion and curiosity for the outdoors, Orvis designs and develops products and experiences providing the knowledge and expertise to enable more meaningful moments and connections in nature. With over a century and a half of experience in the field and on the water, Orvis seeks to ignite that passion in others. This is the Trout Bitten Podcast. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Yeah, Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. It's about trout. Wild trout. This is Trout Bitten. This is the Trout Bitten Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dominic Swantoski, the owner of Trout Bitten and the author of TroutBitten.com. So here we are, ready for the seventh skill in this Trout Bitten series that covers the nine essential skills for tight line and Euronymphing. This time, the focus is on guiding the flies. And finally, we are ready to take the flies to the trout to show them a dead, drifted nymph and make them an offer they can't refuse. Uh, We've spent a lot of time in the previous episodes setting everything up and getting ready to actually drift the flies. And while all of this happens quickly on the water, the things necessary to allow for this very effective method of guiding the flies have taken a lot of explaining and a lot of understanding. It really isn't as easy as just going out there, throwing a nymph upstream, and bringing it back. I mean, you can do that. You can approach it that way. But the possibilities available with these rigs and the room for growth, for learning and improvement of the drift, truly is limitless. It's also just fun to understand all of this from the inside out. And then it's even more fun to try to go do it and catch a fish. All right, so I'm here with my friend and yours, Austin Dando to dig into how we guide the flies. Hello, Mr. Austin. Hello, Mr. Dominic. (laughs) Hey, you want to tell everybody about our uh, fishing trip? Uh, I really don't. I hope you wouldn't bring this up. You don't. (laughs) I felt like we almost had to. Yeah, we have to admit it. Like full disclosure. Yeah, we uh, guys got together, um, minus Josh. We missed you, Josh. Over the weekend on Saturday and um, fished a stream, and, and we did not come up with any fishing in that and our, our best no. excuse though however was oh it was 33 degrees the water the water. water temperature yeah. was 33 degrees that is low Th- that is that's pretty low 
That's like hibernation mode. The uh, flows went up quite a bit, or at least, you know, 100 CFS the night before. Another excuse. Due to, due to that really cold water and snow melting into the creek, which, you know, you can only do so much about as an angler. You can only do so much. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It was a fun day, though. We grilled out. Mm, it's a good basket full of excuses. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Austin's telling the truth. There were four of us, fairly decent fishermen, and we could not turn a fish. <laughs> Bill caught two stockies at the end. Uh, by changing streams. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Right, so don't believe anything we say because we clearly uh, couldn't catch a fish the other day. <laughs> no, it's good. Those winter trips, you know, you kind of, oh, especially when we go north into some freestone water. Yeah. Uh, you know you're taking your chances. Right. Yeah, the food was good, the beer was good, and the conversation was decent, you know, with these guys. <laughs> All right, so no more conversation. This is a tactical episode. Are you ready? Yes. All right, good. I think it's kind of neat that the tight line and Euronymphing has really advanced over the last 10 or 15 years. It's been fun to watch it develop and to be part of that. And all of this has happened in the internet age, right? This is the time where information about everything has exploded. Mm -hmm. So there's not just one or two books and a magazine article about stuff anymore. There are seemingly endless websites, videos, and Instagram posts uh, offering advice on how to drift nymphs on a tight line. And I think that's great. As the tactics have developed, so too have the terms for things, right? And with more terms and the changing, evolving ideas, misunderstandings develop too. My point is, with such a wealth of information from so many sources, I think there's a whole lot of confusion. There are so many systems and opinions that everything can get jumbled up. But that's all right, too. We're here to talk about leading, tracking, and guiding the flies. And I offer these terms as my way of talking about this, but they may not match the terms that others use. Maybe you already have some definitions connected to these terms. But for now, scrap all of that and think about this from the ground up, all right? So what we're trying to do here is put together a cohesive series of skills that blend together a full system that provides the building blocks of possibility for eventually taking this beyond Euronymphing to throwing streamers on a mono rig, uh, going to a tight line dry dropper, floating the cider, and fishing indicators with a tight line advantage too. Guiding the flies is a blend of both leading and tracking. At the core, this skill of guiding the flies is really fishing the flies. As we've mentioned, this is what people focus on most, for good reason. It's the longest in duration. It's the most active, and it has the most room for variation of all these skills that we've talked about. So we've waited to get to the perfect angle. We've hit the target using a tuck cast that provides line control to allow the weight of the fly or split shot to quickly find the strike zone. We've found contact on the cider, and by reading that cider, we know we're near the bottom even without touching it. And now we're ready to guide the flies downstream. So, Austin, how much room for variety is there in what happens next? Oh, man. There's endless variety available, right? You know, yeah. there's, there's all, all these variables to think about, like speed of water, um, mm. what the river bottom looks like, what, uh, how much weight we're fishing, you know, what style mm. of flies we're using. Um, sometimes they're keying in a certain speed of a, a lead mm. or, you know, a combination yeah. of the two. There's always, there's always something going on. And there's a lot of things that can work. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's no one way to do this the right way. Right. And whereas I think a number of the other skills that we've covered, a lot of those skills were like 
here really is the best way to do it, yeah. you know? And with this, we're not really going to tell you, here's the best way, because it isn't the best way all the time, yeah. you know? Right. As you said, there's so many variables that we need to meet. And I think that, well, this is why uh, this skill is focused on so much, because there are so many variables to meet. There's so many different things that are going to work. Yeah. You know? That's, that's well said. So again, guiding the flies is like a mix of what I call leading the flies and tracking the flies. And I think this is a good way to understand it. Essentially, all of these terms are about how much influence we choose to have mm. over the nymph yeah. as it drifts downstream, like how much we want to influence those flies. So let's cover these terms thoroughly. How about leading? Leading is essentially having full control um, over the nymph. We have more influence and we also have more direct control. One of the best ways to achieve this is by overweighting the system. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have more weight, then you can have more control. And more control means we have more influence over the flies, like mm. you said. And so leading, leading is sort of about forcing that contact so that we know exactly where the flies are, exactly where they're going, and we get to choose everything about the path of that fly, yeah. directly leading. Um, one way to visualize leading to me is if we think back to the last podcast or two, mm. and we talk about uh, finding the strike zone or feeling contact or sighter angles. You know, mm -hmm. when we have that straight cider, that's often a scenario where we're leading because we're probably a little bit overweighted. Yeah. We can feel the weight of the nymphs, and we're also kind of steering and directing them around a little bit um, mm. with the lead. Yeah, we talked about the straight cider versus yeah. a bow in the cider. Right on. Right. And when we get to tracking here in a minute, uh, you could argue that a bow in this cider it lends itself more to the, the tracking concept. Right. I totally agree. Yeah, so by overweighting, and we mentioned this in the other podcast, you're going to have more direct contact. And yeah, you'll see that straight cider. That's a good point, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, like a, a wide range of weights can work. Mm. I like to point that out to people. You can overweight and just choose to keep it off the bottom. Exactly. If you have weight that's getting you to the bottom, just barely ticking, and you have a real nice drift, you could also fish with twice that amount of weight, three, four times that amount of weight. And you could still get a good drift if you're good at drifting. Yeah. Um, you might, you're just going to have to lead it higher and exactly. possibly lead it a little bit faster too. Exactly. If you, if you overweight it so much, and I'm exaggerating the point here saying four times, if you weighted it four times, yeah, you're probably going to have to lead it a little bit too fast to right. keep it off the bottom. Right. But it's still up to you whether it touches or not. We've said like, with great power comes great responsibility, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that Batman? <laughs> no, that's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Good try. <laughs> okay. Anyway, with great power in the tight line rigs, um, you know, we have, you have to do everything right, you know, to get the best drifts. All of that power, all that control is in your hands. Yeah. So with an overweighted rig, we have more control. So you, you got to do the right things. Yeah, but it's up to us whether it touches or not. Yeah. Just because we're overweighted doesn't mean that we're going to stick to the bottom. That's up to you. Right. And this is great in like a lot of situations such as heavy water or fast water, um, mm. windy conditions around structure. It's also really nice when we want to slow some things down sometimes when we can overweight the rig a little bit in the wintertime yeah. maybe, leave them a little bit better on our own terms. Um, yeah, one of the first things I do when I get into windy conditions, I mean windy, not just a little breeze here and there, is to overweight the system to sort of counteract uh, the effect of 
that wind on my cider, on yeah. my leader, on my flies. So it's not pushing me around like a sail. There are other things you can do to beat the wind, but boy, that's a good one. Right. Like you said, too, heavy and fast water. Lots of times, that's your best approach. Get them down, have control over things. And like you said, a lot. if you can slow the flies down by actually touching the bottom or really getting deep mm. in that strike zone and being very deliberate, the fish, especially in faster water, mm, you're, well, you're giving them more of a chance to eat it. Yeah, and that's so a good point. So often they will right. eat it. Yeah. Get it down to where they live faster. It's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. So when we're leading, I don't want to give the impression that you always have to lead right on the bottom. You can lead right in the middle of the column. Again, it's it's up to us what we do with that control. And again, by by leading, using this concept of leading the flies, we do have the most control. All right, so that's leading. What about tracking? Yeah, uh, tracking, as opposed to leading, is much more about allowing the flies to do what the current dictates. Instead of us being in so much control of the flies, I like to think of the river being more in control. That doesn't mean I'm going to let a whole bunch of slack build up, but I'm not going to lead all that much. And we will have less control, and we kind of surrender to that. That's all right. We still want to have contact, but oh, just barely. Yeah. You know? Right. And we're going to slip in and out of contact. Um, We do have fewer options with tracking. With leading, we very much get to decide, are we going to drift real low? Are we going to drift mid-column? It's up to us. Are we going to drift fast or slow? It's up to you if you have that control while you're leading. But while you're tracking, the options are more limited. You're very much letting that river decide. And in this case, less direct contact, which is what we're trying to have, is really achieved by underweighting the system rather than overweighting the system. If you underweight it a little bit, then the river can dictate the course of the nymphs. I should mention, this is very imperfect, you know? Yeah, that's true. But lighter flies, we then have less control, and the river has more control. Think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to put it. And in a lot of water types, there's a, a pretty wide range of weight where this is effective. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm saying go lighter, but yeah, there's a range of lighter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it can also be argued that, you know, a tracking approach allows us a bit of a more natural drift. You know, like you said, yeah. less influence you know, maybe a little less direct contact with things. Yeah, that's fair. You know, less less of our own decisions on the on the flies. Um, Do you think it does? Do you think a tracking approach is a more natural po- approach to the trout? I think, uh, yeah, by definition and technically speaking, I think probably a tracking approach is more natural um, mm-hmm. because it's the closest thing to purely. Uh, it's the closest thing that a nymph drifting down the riverbed will look like, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in real life. You know, if we look at sure. a more of a leading approach, for example, mm-hmm. where things look kind of slowed down and maybe slow motion, but the trout's delete it, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's less natural. Sure. Not that it doesn't work, but it's not as natural as, uh, you know, the real thing maybe sometimes. I would interject and say that you can also lead fast. You could do a speed lead. I agree with that. That's, you know that's I mean. worth pointing out. But to your point, with us in control, it probably doesn't look as natural as if the river is in control. Yeah, yeah. If you're tracking. Yep, I'm with that. Tactical Fly Fisher was started in 2015 by fly fishing team USA angler Devin Olson with a mission to bring American anglers the techniques and gear that dominate the international competitive fly fishing scene. 
While you may have no desire to compete, you can still benefit from the same strategies which competitive anglers use to make them more successful on the water. Whether you want to buy a urine rod, a stillwater fly line, or just some hooks and beads to fill your fly box, we've got you covered. And our teaching materials will help you learn how to use whatever products fill up your cart. Head on over to tacticalflyfisher.com and use the code TFF10 to get 10% off flies, fly tying supplies, or terminal tackle. Putting together tight line and urinymphing fundamentals is crucial, and so is carrying all the right fly patterns all the time. Fooling Mill offers a custom range of fly boxes with a tight line and urinymphing angler in mind. The pocket box is perfect for the angler who likes to keep it fast and light, while the Tactical Max has a middle page and can hold up to 960 flies. With the Fooling Mill line of fly boxes, you're covered in every situation. To check out all seven custom fly boxes, head to foolingmill.com or ask for them at your local dealer. So I do feel like as time goes on, uh, anglers fish lighter and lighter. Yeah. And there is more of a push for this tracking approach. I agree. For fish lighter flies, and everybody's realizing that you don't need to be right on the bottom. I think those are great things. But tracking can be limited too. And again, because the options are fewer, you know. Mm. Boy, when it works, it's great. Right. Um, if the river is putting those flies right where they need to be. <laughs> yeah. That's your perfect approach, you know? And it's not like we're not in control of any of this. I mean, the tuck cast matters. And the size of the flies, the weight of the flies, the tip, it, all of that matters. But yeah, with tracking, you're very much trying to let the river dictate the course of the nymphs. It's difficult. The whole thing's difficult. Leading's yeah. difficult. There's definitely mystery or an element of mystery to this, right? The whole I thing. Think, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes the, the leading is one thing, um, but the tracking, I think, gets a little more messy because there's less maybe feel or, or contact or perceived mm-hmm. contact involved. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a, a learning curve. Right. With tracking, we don't have nearly as much feedback and we aren't mm. in control and we're kind of surrendering that control again to the river. Yeah. And this is a concept, right? I mean, but let me ask you this. Can we truly let the currents decide? I mean, is, is just tracking like really possible? What do you think? Uh, purely just tracking, I'm going to say no. It's it's nearly impossible. Mm. Um, and the reason I say that is no matter how fine your tippet is or no matter mm. how fine your tackle is that's attached to your fly, we're always going to end up having some sort of influence over the path of the flies down the river. Um, sure. You know, when you think about it, if, if we were to make a cast – and there's nothing connected to our flies. You know, we've been talking about, they drop right to the river bottom, right? Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they go downstream is because they're connected to us. Right. They're attached to the tippet. They have to go where the tippet's going next. And like you said, if they weren't attached to a tippet, they would fall right to the river bottom. Yeah. So acknowledge, you know, that if you get a drift that's 10, 12, 15, 20 feet long, something kept that fly off, off the river bottom. Right. Even if you're tracking. And you have this concept of tracking in mind, and that's what you're trying to do. Well, there is still influence from you and your tippet over that fly. So pure tracking, this idea that, oh, it's just unadulterated uh, drift. Yeah. Perf- the perfect, pure drift. I'm just tracking the fly's progress through the water. I, I agree. I think it's impossible. Yeah. And especially if you think about like, okay, how much does a real live nymph weigh? You know, next to nothing, right? Yeah. And they're born on the river bottom, and that's where they stay, and they kind of float around down there. But on our 
15 foot drift, we can't take a non-weighted nymph, get it to the very bottom of, you know, some faster water and then stay in contact it with somehow while also allowing it to float along on its own path. You know, we have weight built in the system to allow that to happen for us. Right on. Yeah. So the whole thing is kind of impossible. Yeah. (laughs) But again, it's a concept. Tracking the flies is a concept that is very much different than leading the flies. And so what I call guiding the flies, let's get to that, is a combination of the two. Um, It's a mix of both of these. Within one drift, usually, or even from one drift to the next. One drift, I might lead the flies. The next drift, uh, I might go ahead and just think that I'm going to track the flies. But I will point out, to make that happen, you kind of need just the right amount of weight. You need almost the perfect weight to be able to, you know, lead them, lead them, lead them, and then for another portion of the drift, just track their progress. Mm. And that weight might be the most important consideration while we're guiding the flies. Yeah, guiding the flies, you know, it requires the weight to be just right. I like that Goldilocks term. Not too Mm. little, not too much. (laughs) Um, So at the same time, we have to be willing to adjust our weight uh, if we're focused on guiding the flies. You know, within one drift, the river depth, speed, um, the terrain on the bottom, it all changes. And we want to be able to match that um, by leading a little and, and by tracking a little. And um, the better we are at doing that, the more active our approach is and the more um, quickly we'll be able to meet the trout. Right on. We're kind of back to this term of slipping contact. We've mentioned that I don't know how many times in these episodes. And that's what we're trying to do here with guiding the flies. Do a little bit of leading. Kind of get things where you want them. And then don't be too much in touch. Don't be too much in control. Let the flies do their thing a little bit. Just track their progress for a while. And then, boy, you can kind of sense, boy, I think they're falling too much. I better kind of pick them up and get them over this hump that's coming. Mm. And so you, you lead them for a little bit. You influence them for a few feet. And then you kind of get over that hump. And you, you say, uh, let me just kind of back off that contact. Slip back out of absolute direct contact. Let the flies kind of fall. And just track their progress as they go through this pothole. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe slip back into contact, finish the drift, set the hook, back cast, and right back in with now more data about the lane you just drifted. And you can drift again. Right. Even better, slipping in and out of contact. Yeah, great point. Great point. That's again, though, why we need that weight to kind of be just right. And I'm very willing to adjust weight, whether that be just changing the fly size or I'm adding or taking away split shot. Yeah. You have to be able to adjust weight and not feel like it's a big chore. I know you, of course, you weigh everything, right? So I have. In your experience, (laughs) you know, how little of a change can it take for you, let's say on an average day, Mm. for you to go from being able to slip in and out of contact versus being only to do one or the other? Mm, I like that. 10 centigrams. I want to say 10 centigrams. <laughs> you know right away. 10 centigrams. Well, yeah. And for reference, <laughs> number 16s in my box uh, weigh uh, 12 centigrams. Okay. 12 to 15 centigrams. So just about a number 16 or a little less, uh, or a number six shot, split shot. Yeah. You can absolutely see and feel the difference of just 10 centigrams. Right on. Very cool. That's a cool question. Let's compare the two a little bit more, leading and tracking, which again, results in a good guiding the flies approach. That's really what we're trying mm-hmm. to do, is guide the flies downstream. I, as we said in the beginning, I don't think that a pure tracking approach is always the best. I certainly don't think that a pure leading approach is always the best. There are days when I pick 
again, maybe it's windier. I'm just in fast water. For whatever reason, I say, I'm going to lead for the next hour. In this section of water, I'm really going to be very deliberate and I'm going to lead the flies. Yeah. And I might say the opposite the very next day, the very next, you go around the bend and the next mm-hmm. piece of water uh, makes me want to track the flies instead. Yeah. But for the most part, my baseline is guiding the flies, I'm not trying to do one or either. Try to find that weight that'll give me a nice range of being able to kind of do both from drift to drift and even throughout just one drift. But to compare the two a little bit more, and so we understand what these two terms really mean, again, like leading is much more versatile because of the contact. So we have choices through the drift, the choice to make it go faster, the choice to allow it to drop and go slower. With extra weight, you back off a little bit of the leading and the tension, boom, it'll go right to the bottom. That's a good you know? point. That's a good point. And so we have that contact, control, and then the versatility. And with tracking, you know, one thing about tracking we got to remember is the current really mostly decides what's going to go mm-hmm. on because we picture that cider again. There's a slight bow. We're not tight to it. It's not a straight line to our flies. So mm-hmm. we're a little bit at the mercy, which we like in this scenario, of what the yeah. current's wanting to. Yeah, right, which we like. Like, that's that's just fine. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. I'm yeah. glad you brought up the bow and the cider again because that's a great way to understand it or to see it. And we do want contact. Oh, almost. Right. We almost want that contact. <laughs> right? You have to know where your flies are. Here's yeah. the problem with yeah. tracking. If you're too afraid to lead and you're saying, I'm just going to track the flies, then you're very likely to err on the side of just too little contact. The fish is going to eat it, let it go, and you're never going to have any idea. I would agree with that. And you're taking away then your tight line advantage in the first place, you know? Yeah. So I would say almost always I would err on the side of leading. Uh, Dovetailing on that, I'd say I would learn. I would recommend learning to lead first. Mm. Have that control or else you can't understand how to back off the control. Yeah, Understand having that contact and the authority over those flies and their course in the water, or else you can't understand how to back off of that that contact. It's important. That's a great point. Well, thank you. But that said, I also don't think that tracking is a more advanced tactic. I don't think that fishing lighter flies is an advanced thing. I don't think it's something that you graduate into. (laughs) Like it's better, yeah. you know? I go back to leading all the time, and I'm saying 50-50. Right. And to be honest, I probably prefer leading more than tracking, so I do up 60-40. Right on. You know? Yeah, it's not that necessarily one's better than the other. It's not, But, right. you know, like we kind of alluded to earlier, we let the river decide. So you're, you're fishing here one day, and you're using one tactic, and maybe the river rises. Oh, and now I'm around the other river bend, and, oh, the water type's different here, so I'm going to move on to this. Mm-hmm. It's not that we love one and hate the other and choose to do it, you know, without reason. Mm-hmm. It's we're constantly adapting to the changing water types. And by having these, these two and kind of a hybrid of the two, uh, we can really meet our conditions. Right on. I find it curious when people will say, well, I just fish really light. I always fish really light systems, really light flies. Yeah. Well, that essentially means, maybe I'm assuming too much, but it tells me that they're doing more of a tracking approach. They might not call it that, but that's their system. Right. I don't have a system, one system. I'm going to do all of it, you know, and and why not? Yeah. You know, when I hear that as well, it's okay. I only fish light flies. It's all right. So you may have an advantage in one water type, but you also have a bucket of disadvantages in another. Mm, So let's say you get to that really fast, heavy water, you know, you may be in and out of it, you know, right away. 
But if you get to some slower stuff and you can kind of tuck cast and, and maybe move a little naturally with your lighter, lighter flies by tracking, you know, that's a good advantage. Yeah. But to do only one and not the other is is not generally not on your side. Agreed. Yeah, good point there too. I've had people show up for guide trips and lots of people want to fish their own flies. I'm like, that's great. That's cool. I'm like, I understand that. I really don't want to fish anybody else's flies either. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And I get a lot of good anglers and they want to use their own flies. But many times now I've had people not have flies that are heavy enough. Hmm. And they can pair up two of their kind of heaviest flies in their box, which maybe are like 14s yeah. that maybe weigh 25 centigrams. Right. They're just, you know, a three millimeter bead with not even any lead wraps on there. Yep. You know, and light wire hooks and everything. Yep. And it's not going to get down in some of our, I don't know, spring conditions on, you know, one of our big rivers. Yep. Not going to get down. And it doesn't get down. And great if the fish are coming up and eating some emerging insect mid-column. Mm-hmm. You know, they can approach that. Mm-hmm. But, mm. and then they'll cast further upstream exactly. saying, well, I, gotta, I need more drop time. Yep. You know, you're just wasting time. And it's much better in that case than to, hey, let's throw on a heavier fly. Let's get it down. Let's get things balanced and stable and show the flies to the fish where they're actually feeding. Yeah. You got to be able to do both. Yep. All right. So one more thing I really want to bring up. Tracking to me isn't so much about being obsessed over the strike zone. Our last podcast was about finding that strike zone. And I think the best approach for obsessing over that strike zone and making sure that your flies are down in that strike zone, holding that six to eight to 10 and maybe 12 inches tall cushion of water is leading. Mm. And when I'm tracking against kind of surrendering to the river's currents, there's lots of times when I see that, yep, I'm in the strike zone. That's nice. That's good. That's good but I don't have as much control over it. So tracking is more freeing that way. Yeah. And I do find it more relaxing sometimes when I say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about the strike zone so much. I'm going to put it in here, get really nice, effective drifts in one current seam, you know, make sure I have my contact. Yeah, I want to get a little bit lower next time. I can see I never did touch the strike zone on this last tracking approach. Or maybe I will go with a little heavier fly right. to make sure I'm getting down and then still track it. Right. Again, though, it's both. We've, you know, we're kind of separating these two, leading versus tracking, leading versus tracking. But again, I'm doing both. I know you're doing both. Mm-hmm. And that's what we call guiding the flies. Anything else, Austin? Yeah, I'd like to just circle back real quick to something you mentioned earlier is you know, if you're only doing one and not the other, let's say I'm only, uh, I'm only tracking because leading is either too heavy for me or I'm intimidated by it. Mm. Try it. You know, put on a little bit more weight than what you're used to. Get stuck on the bottom. It's okay. Yeah. You'll get your you'll get your flies back or you'll get your line back one way or another. <laughs> right. You'll get your line back. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, put on a little bit more weight and then slowly take it off or lift the rod tip a little bit and learn mm-hmm. to find exactly where the point switches from either uh leading versus tracking, tracking versus leading. But find the point where it goes directly in between, where you become kind of more that guiding. If you've never felt oh. that before or experienced where the, the fine line can exist, I urge you to to go out and seek that. Oh, that might be the best thing we said on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's fantastic advice. You're saying to get low, understand where that strike zone is, where the bottom is, and now where the strike zone is, get a little, bu- little bit above that, and then use that knowledge to say, all right, now I, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of weight off, and now I can probably just track through this section of water. Mm-hmm. That's slick. I like that. 
All right, so there you have it. That's number seven of the Essential Tightline and Euronymphing Skills Series, Guiding the Flies. Remember that each of these podcast episodes is supported by a companion article on the Troutbitten website. In fact, there are four articles that directly apply to this one. Uh, they cover leading, tracking, and guiding the flies. I'll leave links to all of those Troutbitten articles in the show notes for this podcast. The next skill in this series of nine is about the strike. And there are two key elements. Recognizing a strike from the fish, and then how we strike back and set the hook. So look for that one, The Strike, in your Trout Bitten podcast feed. There are nine episodes in this Essential Skills series, so subscribe to the Trout Bitten podcast and follow along. Austin, will you read us out? <laughs> Got it. So remember, TroutBitten.com is a free resource for all anglers. With over 800 articles, there are stories, commentaries, tactics, tips, and more. Find what you like through the top menu and through the search page. Navigate by way of those categories in the tags, too. Thank you for listening to the Trout Bitten Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment, because it really does help us. But until next time, friends, fish hard, enjoy the day, and find your life on the water. <laughs>